anxiety, depression, stress, suicidal thoughts. What do these terms mean? And as a student or as a student leader, how can I deal with these things in my personal life? And how can I help others who are going through these things? The topic of this episode is mental health and youth ministry. My name is Preston Keller, and this is the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. Hello, friends. I hope you are doing well in the midst of quarantine life and youth ministry. If you're listening back on this episode, this is airing in the middle of the global pandemic of COVID-19 in the spring of 2020. For the leaders and students in the midst of this pandemic, hopefully you are now settling into a consistent rhythm of online youth ministry programming and communication. Keep up the good work. Thank you for all you're doing to navigate youth ministry in this very unique season. Hey, I wanted to share this episode with everyone because the mental health topic is huge in youth ministry in general, but especially in the middle of isolation and quarantine. For those of you who don't know, I am a local youth pastor in Lancaster, Ohio, and just the other night we had an awesome Zoom hangout with two of my great friends, veteran youth pastors Garrett and Allison Robertson from Barberton, Ohio. They lead a very successful youth ministry, and Allison has a master's in clinical psychology. They taught a session on mental health with our youth group, and then we had a Q&A session where our students could ask questions on the topic. It was so insightful and impactful to us that we knew we had to share it with you. So we invite you to enjoy and send this episode to your youth team members your parents and students, this one is for everyone. What we're about to listen to is the Q&A portion of our time with the Robertsons. These were anonymous questions sent in from our 6th to 12th graders. We hope you enjoy. We pray this helps you. It's so insightful and impactful. Let's dive right in. G and Allison, could you break down anxiety for us? Like, what is it? Um, how can I identify it when when it comes into my life? Yeah, absolutely. So the clinical definition of anxiety is going to be fear without reason. So when you have clinical anxiety, it's, just, it's, it's having fear that does not really have a reason behind it. So I, I, um, you know, for everyone else, they might be able to handle this test. But if I have test anxiety, everyone else is like, like there's a little nervousness, but it's like almost paralyzing uh, when really a test should not cause me to be paralyzed or going out in public, um, social anxiety or uh, the fear of public speaking, you know, those types of anxiety. So um, when you begin to uh, have a feeling of, of nervousness or fear, that is kind of that is irrational. That would be like a, a really basic clinical definition of what anxiety is, um, and that can be established a lot of ways. So sometimes we it's called somatization, where we um, have our anxiety through um, uh, different like um, physical features. So like anybody ever get sick to their stomach? 
uh, for whatever you're like, I don't know why I'm so sick to my stomach or I always get a headache during this, this season or whatever it may be. That could be anxiety. You're manifesting your anxiety through uh, physical means. So your heart's racing, your stomach's upset. You might be breathing heavily. I don't know if anyone's ever experienced a panic attack or, or your chest feels heavy. That could be a, a, a way of experiencing anxiety without necessarily like having the fear of it. Um, but yeah, so when you're, when you're overly anxious or you have that anxiety, it's, it's fear without a really uh, a rational reason behind it. And Allison can correct me if I'm totally off base here. Uh, uh, but, you know, we need to be careful too, not to confuse being uncomfortable with being, you know, uh, having anxiety because there is this huge difference. You know, anxiety is this, you know, mental hurdle that we have that for whatever reason we, we can't cope or we can't get through those things or we can't handle that. But anxiety is such a, uh, an accepted word and term that is used in society now that, well, I'm in the situation that makes me uncomfortable. Therefore, I have anxiety. When in reality, sometimes you find yourself in a situation where, yes, you may be uncomfortable, but it is an opportunity for you to grow, for you to be stronger, for you to learn from that experience, and to quite frankly, tighten your bootstraps and keep walking forward. And so just because something makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean that you have anxiety. Um, I'm not lessening anxiety. I'm just saying, you know, anxiety can be an excuse to bind us in this mental prison or to excuse our behavior or to excuse avoiding things or situations or people. When in reality, sometimes it's just not being comfortable and we just need to be able to say, you know what, it's uncomfortable, but if I face it, if I do it repeatedly, if I keep going after it, if I keep, you know, doing the best that I can, and even though it's, I'm, I'm not the best at it right now, it's a chance for you to grow even though it may be uncomfortable and that it, that is different than anxiety. So don't, don't stunt your growth in the name of anxiety, be able to separate those things and say, you know what, in this situation, I just need to tighten my bootstraps, keep moving forward. And eventually I'm not going to be uncomfortable in this situation. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I uh, had a question come in, but let's make this question part two. And it is, uh, what are some methods to deal with depression or anxiety? But let's make part one. Uh, what, what's the difference between depression and anxiety? Is there a difference? Um, how can I identify between the two? So um, anxiety is a fear, whereas the depression uh, and anxiety has a, is a heightened response and depression is a depressed response. So um, depression typically um, is a low mood, wherein anxiety is a stimulus. It's a high mood. Does that make sense? Wow. So that would be your differences between anxiety and depression. Um, uh, so as far as different things, uh, to deal with anxiety and depression, like some steps to help deal with that, it kind of depends on where it's coming from. If it's chemical, if it's something, um, you know, there's nothing, I'm, I'm not saying you need to go get medication, but there are certain people who, who do struggle to a point where they need help because it's a chemical imbalance. Um, you have to, uh, Counseling is really great. Even not just, uh, it doesn't even have to be professional counseling, but going to someone, one of your youth staff members or your youth pastor or whoever it may be to talk through it. So if I'm uh, experiencing anxiety, 
um, a couple of techniques is to really make sure that I'm reducing anything that would make me anxious. Again, getting off of social media, if, if you start to feel like that comparison is, is causing you to struggle or have difficulty, that definitely helps. Um, putting myself in, in situations that are calm. So uh, having good breathing techniques, closing my eyes, prayer. Um, uh, in the psychology world, they would say meditation. In the Christian world, we would say prayer. Um, there's actual um, physical responses that our body gives off when we pray or meditate, as the world would say. But just closing your eyes and having those moments of deep breathing um, can help with anxiety. And as far as depression goes, it's it's really understanding um, where that's coming from and fighting against those feelings or those thoughts that are causing that depression. So talking to someone can maybe give you a little bit of insight as to um, what are some reasons why you're feeling depressed? Like, man, I just feel sad. Like, I don't know why I just feel sad. But the more you talk about it, the more they're like, oh, well, your dog just died. Like, that would make sense for you to feel sad. So what are some things that we can do to help you move forward from that? And um, so depression, definitely talking about it is going to help. And here's the thing. When we look at it spiritually, um, there are emotions that we feel that we don't know why we're feeling them. Uh, we have feelings that we don't know why we're feeling them. Um, and if we're not careful, the devil will try to give those legs and then it'll ha have you walk away. So like if you have a depressed feeling and you just don't know why and you don't talk to anyone about that, eventually what the devil's going to do is he's going to put thoughts into your head to give those feelings legs and he's going to say, well, you're probably depressed because everyone in and the youth group hates you. Like that person just doesn't talk to you and everyone's more popular than you. And well, yeah, like that makes sense. And all of a sudden this, these feelings have legs and then they start to walk you away. Does that make sense? So it's really important that when you start to feel these feelings that you begin to talk to someone about it to help you get some clarification as to where those might be coming from, especially when you're dealing with depression. Um, uh, because depression can definitely be more um, thought-driven, whereas anxiety is as well. But anxiety has a lot to do with emotional or uh, physical responses as well. Does that make sense? Is that confusing? Wow. Yeah, that's very insightful. Very insightful. Um, what if uh, what if you're not necessarily the one experiencing depression, but you um, you might be a a strong friend for someone else, they're dealing with depression, especially during this quarantine. Maybe they don't have a great home life or a Christian home or something like that. Do you have any tips for a student helping a student with depression? Well, and, and I'll, I'll start with an unprofessional opinion and then I'll <laughs> can jump in after the fact. You know, we all, as, as the church, have a responsibility to break down barriers and to make everyone feel welcomed and accepted. And, you know, a lot of sources like Allison talked to of depression, anxiety, however you want to categorize it, is simply, you know, someone doesn't feel welcome, someone doesn't feel accepted, someone feels deficient. It goes back to that comparison piece. You know, they feel inadequate. And as the church, we need to make a concerted effort that we're not going to be divided you know, that there will be unity. And unity does not mean that 
everybody can coexist in the same place without a fight breaking out. Um, but we can still have these, these, uh, these different groups, cliques, however you want to define that. Um, you know, and, and I don't talk to those people and they don't talk to me, but as long as, as long as we don't get at each other's throats and there's not division, we're just totally separate. We're, you know, but what the church should be a place where there are not these different cliques and these different fractions between groups. And we have the responsibility to make sure that that does not exist. And if we're doing that, if we're reaching out, if we're talking to people, if we're encouragers and not depressors, if we're, you know, lifting people up and not putting people down, maybe, maybe you're not putting, you know, down someone to their face, but to someone's face, you're putting someone else down. It's it. You're still not having the mind of Christ, and so um, you just have to understand that we have this responsibility to form this spirit of unity, and that accepting encouragement, positive attitude, is immediately going to help someone who is on the low. Because if, if they know, man, I can go to you know uh, Brooklyn, and, and she's going to speak to me um, and encourage me then they're going to seek them out. But, and, and if we know that someone is going through something, a text takes 30 seconds, text them. Hey, thinking of you today. Hope everything's great. Love you. Appreciate you. Whatever. Something positive, not, Hey, how awful is today? No. If you know someone's struggling, don't say, man, isn't quarantine awful? <laughs> no. Be like, man, I've been having the greatest time when we had nice days and it's been, you know, positive, positive. Yeah. And I would say two things. One, um, if you are helping someone or you have someone in your life that is maybe experiencing depression for whatever reason or anxiety, uh, you have to really do some self-evaluation before you can help them. So um, their relationship, your relationship with God and the joy of the Lord and, and, and who you are in him and your identity in Christ has to be stronger than their relationship with their depression or their relationship with than their anxiety. Otherwise, you're going to get drugged into that. And you have to know where your level is. If you got a friend and they're, they are down all the time and you're like, oh, just bringing me down. That's probably the time where you tell your friend, you know what? Let's go to Preston together. Let's go to Kristen together. Let's go to Brooklyn together. Like, let's go us together. Let's go talk to somebody else. So you have to be able to recognize that. But if you are, you find yourself in a place that people do come and talk to you. I don't mean to like downplay my education or like anyone that's going to go into psychology's education, but therapy is not hard. Like outside, like literally people come into the office and I sit there and I go, and then they just start talking. And then I might say three sentences, an entire session and they leave. And I think I didn't do anything. And they come back the next week and say, thank you so much. That was amazing. It just helps so much. And it's because they were able to talk. And that's really what people need is they need to be able to tell their story. They need to be able to talk. They need to be able to um, just kind of get it outside of them. And the moment they can do that, they are going to start feeling relief. And they're going to try to get it out however they need to do that. And if you can be a safe place for them to be able to do that, and you yourself are not going to be affected by that, then that's really your job is just to be the ear for them to to be able to kind of I don't know, throw up on you a little bit. Uh, but really that's, that's kind of really the only thing that they need. Wow. So good. W- would you say that, um, 
you want to make sure you have steps one, two, and three in order before you try to help someone else? 1,000%. Yeah. Or at least working towards that um, and know where you're, know where you're at. Sure. That's awesome. Um, kind of switching lanes uh, to loneliness and feeling isolated. We have a question. What are some ways you can deal with the feeling of loneliness and feeling isolated, especially in this season? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I think it's hard. Um, those feelings, again, I think the devil will give any feeling that you have legs. Um, and there's times where I've spoken to people and they're like, no one has reached out to me and no one loves me. And I feel so alone. And then I say, okay, well, when was the last time you text somebody? Um, they're like, well, it's been, okay. I haven't. Okay. Well, um, you know, sometimes we have to be advocates of our own mental health. So if I'm feeling lonely, if I'm feeling isolated, that should be a cue that it's time for me to reach out to someone. And if that person doesn't uh, reciprocate, then I'm going to reach out to someone else. So, you know, but if you decide that you're going to sit in that moment and say, well, no one loves me and everyone hates me and I'm just going to sit here and just be whatever, well, then you're going to, and the devil's going to give those legs and then he's going to use that to help you walk away. Um, whereas, um, you know, we have to be advocates of our own mental health. And if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling uh, lonely, find someone that you can talk to. Well, there isn't anybody. Well, have you texted? There's 7 billion people in the world. Have you texted? Once you text all of them and no one responds, then come back to me. Um, but really, it's it's being an advocate of your own mental health. And, and those moments, you, you have to do that. And again, as friends, we need to make sure we're checking in on people. And there are some people that are um, more susceptible to depression and anxiety during these times. Um, so it's important that we check in on each other. But again, we, we too have to be advocates of our own mental health. That's so good. So good. And whether an extrovert or an introvert, you've got to reach out, don't you? Something uh, our students are probably getting tired of, of me bringing up. But it's, it's in Proverbs talking about making friends. The writer says the righteous choose their friends wisely. So like you can't say, oh, I don't have any friends. What's the deal? And sometimes introverts, I'm an introvert. Like you'll go that route. Oh, I don't have any. Oh, I have to go. I have to choose. Or in this case, oh, I have to. Uh, I need to check on someone. Uh, that's that's really good. Yeah. Really and good. I'll kind of add to that real quick. Um, I'll, if a student comes in, there's times where I've had students come in and say, I don't have any friends. And I say, wow, I just had two girls come to me last week and say, they don't have any friends either. You guys should be friends together. And they're like, well, not them. Well, okay. I mean, like, do you want friends or do you not want friends? You know, and sometimes we look at maybe the popular kids or, or maybe the kids that I don't know, have some kind of stigma and we get mad that they don't want to hang out with us or, you know, we kind of have that perception that they're too good for us or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. When in reality, we need to, you know, sometimes we can be just as judgmental as maybe we think those people are. Does that make sense? So I think, um, you know, it's, it's important that like there are people all through this, your youth group that want friends. And it's just a matter of finding those people and, and you might find your best friend in those moments. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. Um, have another one come in. Uh, when, when you are trying to help a friend and reach out, but they are 
not really opening up to that. So maybe you know your friend is struggling, but they, and then you try to reach out to them, but they're not, not really appreciating that. When do you know when to keep persisting? Maybe like my Christian duty, do I keep trying to help or when do I need to make the decision to maybe slow that down? Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, the difficult thing for us is we want to know that we are helping, you know, but even though they may not be talking about what we know they're going through, or what they're facing, but we are reaching out, you know, we have talked to them, we have encouraged them. Um, you may be helping and not knowing that you're helping. And so you have to trust in, in the leading of God's spirit that, you know what, just the fact that I've reached out, that may be making the difference. Just the fact that I've tried to make a connection that may be making the difference. And, you know, uh, there have been a lot of people who have come through, you know, our group in the last year, year and a half that, you know, we just kind of said, you know what, if, if they don't want us to be involved in their life anymore uh, or give us, give advice anymore, then they you know, one of two things are going to happen. Either one, they're going to just ignore us. Uh, or two, they're going to tell us, I need you to stop. <laughs> and, um, unless they do one of the two, uh, we're just, you know, I'm just going to encourage them, you know, and I'm not going to go and say, you know, why aren't you responding about this? Or, you know, you haven't updated me about this. You know, I'm not going to be aggressive about it, but I'm just going to be an encourager and whether or not they choose to open up or not. Um, is it my, that's not my, uh, my thing to determine. Um, they have to determine that. And so you can only do what you can do. And if it's too much, then, um, they'll either ignore you or they'll tell you, can you please stop? Um, you know, but if they ignore you, then they haven't told you to stop. So just keep doing it. And then you don't know, uh, you, you don't know when the time will be where they open up. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, we, we plant seeds and, uh, you have to trust that, you know, you might plant the seed and someone else might come along and water it and someone else might come along and be the sunshine. You don't know what's happening under the surface. And um, if I could change people, I would be a billionaire, <laughs> but I can't. God's the only one that can change people. And I think it's important to take that pressure off of yourself that I, I can only offer what I have and that's God and that's the joy of the Lord and that's mm. peace to Him. Um, they have to accept it. People have to be advocates of their own mental health. Um, and if they don't want it, I, I, I just, I need to be able to go to bed and say, I did everything that I could, but I can't change people. Only God can change people. And it's very um, arrogant for us to think that I have the ability to change someone when I don't. Um, so to take that pressure off of yourself a little bit and you do the best that you can. And at some point it's between them and God, you know, it's, it's, um, that's, um, that's something that it's important to, to just kind of take that pressure off of yourself a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll just do a, a couple more questions. Um, we've heard the difference of anxiety and depression. Another word on this topic that we hear with anxiety a lot is stress. Um, so again, maybe a two-part question. Um, first of all, what are ways to, well, what's the difference between stress and anxiety? We hear those two words together a lot. And then what are some effective ways to deal with stress if it's different? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. Um, so you could classify anxiety as fear and stress as pressure. 
Um, so I feel stressed. So I feel pressure to do something. Whereas anxiety, I'm afraid to do something. So that could be a differentiation between the two words. Sometimes anxiety um, feels like pressure or stress. Sometimes stress causes anxiety. Um, as far as dealing with stress, um, I think uh, it kind of depends on what type of learner you are, or uh, it's really recognizing uh, where that stress is coming from. It's, if it's from school, then maybe you need to be more organized. If it's from, you know, I feel stressed out because life is just all over the place, then maybe you need to sit down and talk to someone and help them organize what's going on in your life um, because that organization tends to help relieve that stress. Stress has a lot to do with the unknown, the fear of the unknown, um, chaotic environments. Where I'm sure a lot of people are stressed right now. You seniors, you're probably stressed out. Like you're supposed to have what's going to happen with graduation? What's going to happen with college? What's that going to look like? Um, I would say that that's appropriate stress when stress begins to cripple you where you can't do anything, where you can't move forward, that's when we would say it would become more clinical and, and that, that you would want to kind of get some help or some guidance with that. Um, stress does not have to be a bad thing though. Stress causes you to write the paper. It causes you to, you know, to, to take the test. Like if we didn't have any stress, then nothing would get done. So that stress is not a bad feeling. Um, but it is when it begins, when it become, begins to overwhelm you. And when you start to feel overwhelmed because of that stress, that's when I would probably uh, look at my life and say, how organized am I? Is there someone in my life that could come and kind of help me get organized or speak a little bit of peace into my life? Um, so I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah. And I think, you know, in all three of those different words, stress, anxiety, depression, those are not good enough reasons to give up. Uh, you know, or, or to stop doing. It's just a hurdle that we are facing mentally, spiritually, that we have to figure out a way how, even though I'm facing one of these three things, how can I continue and keep going and pushing forward? And so none of them are a good excuse to give up, but all of them just point to the fact I've got to figure out a way to cope with this hurdle in front of me so that I can keep going where God wants me to go. Amen. So good. Everyone doing okay? Uh, just five. I know we've been going for an hour now, just five more minutes. Uh, this is so good. So good. Um, the We've covered these three terms, stress, anxiety, depression. What about the big dog that we probably don't talk enough talk about enough or often enough um and that would be suicidal thoughts that that side of of things um how what should i do if i'm feeling suicidal what uh what are some things that can can lead is it a byproduct of stress anxiety depression or is it its own thing um Maybe once again, just take us to the basic definition and, and uh, we can expand however you, you feel would be good. Sure. Um, so suicide obviously is the intent to kill yourself. And I say that like that sounds so raw, but like that's what it is. It's to kill yourself. It's to end your life. And I think sometimes we dance around it like, oh, you don't want to pass away or you don't want to. But no, like that is what suicide is. It's, it's ending your life. It's 
quitting in the fullest extent of that word. And so people that have suicide ideation is one way, another way to say it, but suicidal thoughts um, for a lot of different reasons, anxiety, stress, pressure, um, chemical imbalances could cause someone, a medication could, could cause someone to have suicidal thoughts. Um, and that's something that's really important to understand. If you at any point ever consider to harm yourself or to hurt yourself or to kill yourself, you have to reach out. You have to tell somebody. Sometimes just the act of saying it out loud um, is enough for your brain to say, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's a bad idea. It's the people that, um, and I don't know if anyone here has ever been affected by suicide. Typically, individuals who have been, um, who do commit suicide, um, it is typically very silent. And it's kind of one of those things like, I didn't really see that coming. Like, I can't believe that actually happened. Because um, the more silent someone is when they have suicidal thoughts, the more likely they are to go through with them. Um, that's why you have someone like Robin Williams and you're like, what, what happened here? You know, no one ever imagined it's because he was silent. It's a silent killer. It really is. So if you ever find yourself thinking about harming yourself, you have to talk about it. Even if you think it's scary, even if you, you don't know, you know, what that person's going to say, you have to start to say it out loud to someone else. Otherwise, it will continue to develop. Um, so, and and there's no other there's no other um, really get around that. You are not going to be able to successfully handle your suicidal thoughts if you always keep them to yourself. And that's so important to understand. You have to talk about it. And in reverse, if someone tells you that they're suicidal, um, your very first response is, "Don't do it." you let them know it's a temporary, so it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Mm. And you take it to someone that can help that, that individual needs help. And, um, just to let you guys know, if someone comes to you and they have a plan and they have a means to the plan, we would consider them suicidal. And at that point, if they're in my office, I may call an ambulance. I'm, I'm going to take that serious. I'm going to do something about it because, uh, that is something that we don't take lightly. So for you guys, if you ever experience that, you need to talk about it. You need to say it out loud. You need to tell someone that you're having these thoughts, even if you think they're crazy. Like I would never do this, but I have these thoughts. You need to say those things out loud and never brush it off. You know, if someone comes to you and says something, you know, even, even those that are on this call that are not a part of the, you know, live wire staff, you know, your friends may confide in you or someone else. You, you should never brush it off or say, oh, it's just a, you know, they just want attention. That is right. People, who, people <laughs> who, who commit suicide are starved for attention. And mm -hmm. so they need that attention. And so if someone comes to you, then you need to say, like Allison said, you don't need to do it. And you need to immediately reach out to Preston or another one of the staff members and, and get them on a three-way call or in the office together and talk about it because it's not something to be taken lightly and you can't just say, ah, well, they're just dramatic or, ah, they just want attention, you know, um, because that they, they do want attention. And the best way to, to snuff out that, that ideation is to quite frankly, give them attention. Yeah, man. Wow. So good. Uh, I'm going to respect everyone's time. I could go for another hour. This is so <laughs> good guys. Thank you so much. Um, before we dismiss, uh, 
would you guys just any any closing remarks if you want and if you would just uh, lead us in a closing prayer um again uh really appreciate uh appreciate you guys hopping on the call um and uh, i know i texted him yesterday but hopefully you texted Preston on his birthday yesterday um the uh big how old are you now 31 um yes. so we're in the same class for just a, another month or so but um i <laughs> uh, love you guys and i know you'll do great things um believe in every single one of you and uh, don't let this time uh, get at you or wear you down, but take advantage of every opportunity that you have. And then furthermore, know that people are looking for things. You know, this has made people even more aware that they're lacking in an area of their life. And you have the solution, Jesus Christ, what he did for them on the cross, his love, that is what people are looking for. So don't stop evangelizing. Don't stop talking to people about God, your friends at school that you haven't seen in a month and a half text them, let them know that you're thinking about them, praying for them, take advantage of this opportunity so that we can see a revival birth out of, uh, out of quarantine, out of social distancing. But I uh, love you guys. Let's pray. Let's ask that God will be with us, um, that he'll be in our minds, that um, he'll take, uh, that we'll let these words that have been spoken take root in our lives and uh, that everyone would be let be blessed. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have tonight to come together, God, with friends, across counties, cities, and across the state. God, that we can talk about you, that we can learn more about where we need to be mentally so that we can be spiritually strong. And I pray that you would take away the spirit of comparison. God, I pray that we would choose to identify, uh, to solidify our identity in you. God, that we would resist comparison. God, that we would be honest with ourselves and identify areas of improvement, God, so that we can live the best life for you so that we can contribute and allow your kingdom to grow. We thank you for every opportunity. We thank you for every student. We pray blessings over their lives and over their home. And God, we pray that revival would happen in Livewire through all of this. We pray it all in the powerful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. We're starting to create new content for you, so be sure to subscribe and send this to your youth pastor and youth team members. If you're listening on iTunes, consider leaving a rating and review. That will help us so, so much, and we sincerely thank you in advance. We can't wait to hang out with you again right here on the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.